Welcome to Whisker Dice. I am your host, Quincy with the most, and the other folks that join this show include Brian, Justin, Matt, and Suzanne. This is episode 109 of the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Today is April 25th, 2023, and on today's episode, we'll have the opportunity to talk to Ander about upcoming game, Lands of the Mesozoic. We'll catch up on the tabletop gaming news. But first, let's roll into what games we've been playing. All right. For our first game we've been playing lately is Sentinels of the Multiverse, Definitive Edition. The publisher is Greater Than Games. Playtime is around 30 to 60 minutes, and it can support one to five players. Uh, so most recently, uh, Suzanne, Ben, and I all sat down to play this. It is a cooperative comic book style card game uh, based on Sentinels comic series. Uh, each player has a different hero. Players work together to defeat the villain while basically dealing with the twists that sometimes like the environment may be going against you. Sometimes, you know, depending on the cards the villain's playing, you'll have things that you need to deal with. Um, you know, compared to previous editions, this one has streamlined rules. Um, and there are some additional versions of heroes uh, that are a little different than the original version. Um, and Basically, you can up the complexity of heroes and the difficulty of the game by just changing what heroes you play. Some heroes are a lot more complicated and require you to think multiple turns ahead. Um, but overall, it's just kind of a, a, I don't know, I think it's a nice, fun, light game you can get people introduced to in about five minutes and uh, then really kind of uh, just kind of go beat up the villain. Uh, we, we played a couple of games in one night and uh, the first one just ended horrifically for us, but uh, we were pretty close at the end, but the second one went quite a bit better. So, uh, you know, traditional, I guess, hero, superheroes type stuff. So any other comments, you guys? This is a game that I have enjoyed since the first time I played it. Uh, when Conzie and I started dating, there was a game store around the corner from his house that we could walk to. And I just, you know, every couple of weeks I would go over there and pick up a new hero pack or villain pack or something to just kind of add a little bit more to the game, kind of try and match them up. Now, with this definitive edition, you don't have all those separate little blister packs to buy. It's all in one box, which, you know, is kind of... You, you lose the adventure of, hey, I'm going to go and grab something at the game store for, you know, like 15, 20 bucks. But it's really nice to have it all there to set up whatever scenarios or stories that you like. Um, and this one also came with a, I don't know, Matt, if you saw it, but it came, it came with like kind of a, a lore book. So if you're not familiar with Sentinels comics, you can get an idea of these teams that you're playing with. and the crews and kind of what the heroes and villains do. So uh, when you're making your matchups, you can kind of make it a little thematic. What, what were you thinking, Ben? Sentinels has long been 
thought about as the the superhero card game that has some mechanical issues and even with definitive edition i think we've uh it clears up a lot of issues that i think were with the core rules originally that you just had to maybe apply a little common sense to and you could figure it out and and play the game sometimes when things weird things came up but uh there are definitely still some little buggy poos i think in uh definitive edition that uh can uh drive away players who are looking for a more tight rule set. But uh, where I think this game falls down a little bit in the rule side of things, it makes up for in uh, the just the narrative feel of the play- gameplay versus uh, other superhero card games, a.k.a. Marvel Champions, and uh, as one of them that I can uh, think of right now that I've played that it, it, de- it definitely excels over the top of. It just always feels like I'm doing something more than just dishing damage to the villain. The villain fe- the villain comes across always as a very characterful character and, and thematic, uh, which always, I think, I think just adds to that narrative part of the gameplay and makes me really like Sentinels of the Multiverse a whole heck of a lot. I have to say, this was my first time playing the game and I think what you guys said really struck for me because it was just a lot of fun right out of the gate. It was very, had that comic book theme going for me. So, I mean, I, I love that theme, but it was just a lot of fun. And like you said, my character had a theme and everything I did fell into that theme and was just a lot of fun. And the, the we played with two separate villains and both villains were very thematic for what they did and was just a lot of fun. So the one had just pulled out a ton of like uh their like extra guys and the other one was just very mechanical and it was just it was a lot of fun. So that was Sentinels of the Multiverse, a definitive edition by Greater Than Games. All right, so we are going to move from heroes being of villains and a lot of kind of in-game violence. <laughs> and fantasy to some biographies with the game called Her Story. Her Story is a new board game. Well, I don't know how new it is, actually, but it's a game by Underdog Games. It takes about 30 minutes to play. You can play one to four players. And the whole focus of this game is that it's having you build a book about women in history, like famous women pioneers in their fields or women that have just done something extraordinary. So being as uh, we're recording this podcast in March and Underdark Games sent us this game of her story in honor of Women's History Month. So there is a review that I wrote on it that is up on our websites on wiscodice.com. So if you look for March 22nd, 2023 post, you will find it there. So this game, I says, uh, you're writing a book. So you're writing this book about a group of famous women. So on your turn, you have three options, three actions that you take. You can research, you can draft a chapter, or you can complete a chapter. And the first person to complete eight chapters wins. So each chapter is a card. It has two sides. One has a side of a famous, a portrait of a famous woman on the front. And then like the requirements for completing her chapter and drafting her and all that good stuff. 
And then the back provides you a short biography and then an interesting fact. So these women in this game were developed, like the ones how they selected them, it was developed with input from women educators. And then all these fun little facts that you'll also find on there, they had a team of young female student advisors that did a bunch of research and found really interesting facts for all these uh, famous women. On the surface, this is a simple game. It's an educational game, but the components with it are top-notch. The, the depth and complexity that you can bring to it if you want is also there. So I think this was a game that just kind of is a nice surprise. It's a good, fun game for me. I'm looking forward to playing it again. I have only played it at two players, uh, so it was just Konzi and I who've played it. And I'm sure Konzi has some additional thoughts about what he, what he thought about this game when he played it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was blown away when we opened up the box and looked at the components in the in the game. It had a nice, nice game mat for the play area. It had the card quality is great. The insert is awesome. Everything, like, components-wise was just kind of floored at how good a quality all of the components, the draw bag, everything that was in the box at this price point was really, they, they like, knocked it out of the park. So right away, I was very impressed. And I was... To be honest, I wasn't expecting a whole lot here because it almost can fall into that easy trap of a of a gimmick game. Like, hey, we're just you know making a maybe a cash grab or something off of a off a of Women's History Month. But no, there's actually a really good game in the box. Great components, good game. Is it the most complex game in the world? No, but it was a good game, and I definitely want to play it again. I, I sat down after we played it, and I was like. Yeah, let's play that again sometime soon. And yeah, we haven't had a chance to get it back out because we've been busy, but I totally want to play it again. It was a lot of fun to play. Very enjoyable. The, obviously, the educational value for the game is great, but the production quality is... Like I, said, I, I can't think of another game that at this price point is that production quality. And uh, when you go and check out that blog article, that review that Suzanne put up uh, about this game on her blog, make sure you note that... yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. think of a game that I'd give for under 20 bucks. Everybody should just go out and get it now. I mean, it's worth I mean, it just for the components. Yeah, I mean, this game, it normally retails for between 50 and $54 is what I'm seeing right now. And I actually don't think that that's really too much for this game when you look at the durability of the components. One thing that I forgot to mention is that the player or the play board, the game board in it, is actually a neoprene mat that's really nicely stitched around the edges. So it's looks like it's going to hold up through lots of use and abuse, as well as a lot of the other components will. So I see when it's kind of back to school time a lot, I see people going, hey, what game should I get for my classroom? To me, I'm not an educator, but this seems like a really good game to put in a classroom that has an educational component, has some other skills that you'll learn with it. And it, but it's also simple enough that kids maybe, you know, once they have some basic reading skills, should be able to play and teach others how to play. So, yeah. So, Her Story is definitely a game for you to check out and hopefully enjoy. And if you do, please let us know what you think of the game, if you enjoyed it as much as we did. What's interesting, I was looking at the site from an educator's perspective. If you go to the site for the HerStory.game... There's a bonus material section, which they indicate they'll provide you for free. 
So they'll send you an email and you'll get posters, coloring pages, and a biography kit. So not just the game good, they actually have other stuff that you can have for the classroom. So that's really cool. Make sure you check out whiskodice.com for links to all the games we discussed. And while you're at it, don't forget to leave a review of this podcast wherever you download podcasts. Transitioning into the news. Hey, Suzanne and Matt, you know what? What, Ben? We have a YouTube channel. It's no way. Free- it, yeah, I know. It's awesome. And we just released uh, our top 10, Suzanne and I did, our top 10 games of all time. And uh, as far as videos, and it's been a blast making every single one of these and going through the learning process. And you know what? You can check out that top 10 and all our great series that we're doing, like the three reviews in 15 minutes and uh, all the new games we try out every month over on the channel itself. So just head on over, check out the channel. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. So another fun thing that you can do with your fabulous Wisco Dice hosts is come join us at Misty Mountain Games in Madison, Wisconsin on the last Friday of every month. The next game night we have there is on April 28th and games start at 6 p.m. We welcome everyone, no matter what your uh, level of gameplay is, we will play with you and we will have a blast doing it. All right. and. Also, bear in mind, Gen Con badges are for sale now. Uh, expect that you will see a number of the Wisco Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast members at the show. So we'll host some events. We will also be playing in other ones. We'd love to meet some of you, and we'll have some swag to give out while we're there. All right, moving on from some activities that we've been doing as I wanted to go through uh, some different games that are coming out soon that have caught our eye. And if you like these, if you're looking for what new games are out, check our blog post at wiscodice.com every Monday. Uh, You'll find at least two different crowdfunding projects that have caught our eyes. So uh, another game that is coming out that we love here at Wisco Dice is Lost Ruins of Arnak. And it's the second expansion is slated for release during Gen Con 2023. And like the first expansion, this is going to add some different leaders with asymmetric abilities. But this one's unique also because it's going to give out a solo and a two-player cooperative mode that's going to have six different, uh, six chapter campaign where you are searching for a missing professor. So look for, because <laughs> he's rubbing his hands there because this is one of his favorite games you, sh- you need to watch our uh, top 10 games of all time and see if it ranked on there at all um but this game is published by ceg or sorry cge and we will definitely be trying to pick it up this summer oh yeah we definitely are going to be getting a copy of that and i'm looking forward to adding new asymm- new asymmetric characters for, to be able to play a new uh, new campaign to try out. Oh, I'm so jazzed. I'm excited oh, for this campaign. one. Whoa, sounds exciting to me. I think, I think there's a campaign there's a campaign currently available that you can just go download for free and play uh with the with the base game, but uh this one's going to it's definitely embracing I uh, I think all of the elements of the asymmetric characters and the 
expansions. These two new asymmetric characters are coming with it. Look, awesome. They're just going to be uh, unique, and I think they've just taken that asymmetric character concept and pushed it a little bit harder. And, and with this, from what I've seen in the previews, super excited for this expansion. Yes. So if you see a group of people sitting on the floor in the Hall of Juncon playing it, it very well could be us because uh, someone may not be able to wait till we get back to the hotel room or even home to uh, open this game up. That would never yeah. happen. No, never. <laughs> now, on GameFound, there, there's this game called Flutter. And this caught my eye because here in Wisconsin, it may be the beginning of spring, but it still feels like it's winter at times. So, uh, Phase Shift Games has a game that just looks like spring to me. It's about butterflies and tile lane and I, you know, I, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this game. I think everyone should check it out. It just like, especially if you are stuck in the cold, snowy North and you're looking, you know, thinking that sounds summer's never going to come. So that is flutter by phase shift games. It's on game found right now. And then on, Kickstarter, there is a dexterity game by Unfriendly Games. It's called Nekojima. And I am not a huge fan of dexterity games. I don't like flicking my fingers or trying to, you know, manipulate something like Operation growing up. I was awful at that game. But this one, again, just caught my eye. It's a very nice table presence and it looks very unique. And it's it's got it looked like it had like some ropes and some kind of mountains. It's just definitely one if you're looking into a new dex looking for a new dexterity game, I would check it out and uh, check it out on Kickstarter before the campaign ends. So that is it, I believe, for our news this month. Yep. So. Go ahead, and you can catch links to all of those things on our web website at wiscodice.com. But for now, we'll go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, our main topic. Hey, folks, this is the Conesy of the Most. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Misty Mountain Games here in Madison, Wisconsin, where you can find CCGs, RPGs, board games, minis, paint and hobby supplies for your all of your tabletop gaming experience and needs. If you can't find it online, give them a phone call or swing on by their brick-and-mortar store uh, here on the east side of Madison. Don't worry. That is MistyMountainGames.com. Check them out today. All right, and welcome back, everyone. We are joined now uh, with a guest, Ander, from Worthington Publishing, LLC. Welcome, Ander, to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're well, we are so excited to have you here. And do you want to just give our audience, um, introduce yourself and give them an overview of this great new game you have coming out? Sure thing. Uh, so my name is Ander Guinea, and uh, I'm located in, in Melbourne, Australia. And you probably noticed that I don't have a very strong Australian accent. So even though I've been here for about 11 years, uh, I'm originally from Spain, so uh, I, I'm here to introduce you to a game that I have designed called Lands of the Mesozoic, uh, that I, I 
designed during the COVID pandemic, as some people were learning to make bread and things like that, uh, I decided that uh, as a project I could try to, to design a game. And I have a bit of background uh, in terms of, uh, because this is a game about dinosaurs and other animals from the Mesozoic era. So my background is in, in geology, so I'm a, a lecturer in a university here in Australia. So an expert in dinosaurs, but I have a bit of understanding on the geologic times and that sort of thing. Uh, and I always have been uh, an enthusiast of uh, natural history and that sort of thing. So I, I have read a lot about uh, how ecosystems work and that sort of thing. So uh, that that's uh, the background that I have used to develop this this game. Oh, very cool. Like, instead of doing bread, which is what I did during the pandemic, as I learned to make bread, you made a game because, you know, we can't all be eating bread all the time. So right. that, is, <laughs> that is very great. So, so I think you gave us a little bit of a flavor here. Is there anything else? I mean, obviously, the pandemic and boredom will, will drive some of this. But what, what other things... Um, you know, your love of geology, things like that. What other things inspired you to create this specific game? Yeah, well, uh, during the pandemic in particular, but in general, I play a lot of board games with my wife. And um, we have been playing many games for years, and I have been playing games since I was a kid, really. Um, so one, one of the games we played a lot in 2020 in particular was uh, Wingspan. Much, uh, every night we, we will play it and I really like that sort of game that is relatively quick and we have kids now so you don't have time for these long name, uh, games most of the time uh, so a game that you can play in half an hour to an hour and that uh, is different every time you play and that sort of thing so that really is one of the inspirations uh, with, with other games I wouldn't say it's the only one because we, we play many others but um, I, I thought that it would be cool to have a similar style of game uh, to Wingspan or Race for the Galaxy or other tableau building games uh, that that has this sort of dinosaur theme. And I, I, I have some games about dinosaurs, but they tend to be very Jurassic Park type. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, you build a zoo or, or there are... Uh, animals uh, chasing people and eating people and other dinosaurs and that sort of thing. And look, I, I love Jurassic Park, obviously. Uh, I watched it when I was a kid in the in the cinemas. And uh, it's a great movie. But I also, because I have this love for natural history, I, I wanted to represent uh, the, the Mesozoic, which is the era uh, where the dinosaurs lived. Most people are... are um, familiar with the term Jurassic because of the movie. So only Mesozoic is a bit uh, less less common word. Uh, so the Mesozoic is, is the era that uh, covers three periods, which are the, the Triassic, the Jurassic, and the uh, Cretaceous. And the dinosaurs appeared and lived and, and went extinct uh, in that era. So I wanted to recreate this in a way that also showcases not just dinosaurs, which are the most commonly uh, represented animals of that era, but also mammals and, and birds that appear later. Uh, and, and also in the early Mesozoic, there is a lot of weird animals that are very cool. 
So I wanted to to include all those things in in the game, not just uh, dinosaurs, which I don't think any any other game has done, as far as I'm aware. Um, so just playing all these games and having this idea in mind, and I think in my case, uh, I'm turning 40 this year, so it might, there might be a bit of a midlife crisis here too, uh, where to the despair of my wife, uh, one day I said, I think I will try to design this game, and I, you know, after putting the kids to bed every night, I will spend hours just uh, you know sketching things and, and starting to design cars and this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it sort of came together naturally as you know as we were trapped at home for for weeks on end. Right. Well, and it's probably better to have a midlife crisis designing a board game than going out and buying a sports car or a motorcycle like a, That's right, a yes. lot of people send it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but in wow. a sense, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a creative person that I always likes to have projects. Uh, so whenever I have an idea to make something, I, I like to to spend hours just working on projects. So this is the way that I I approach this game. And we, Ben and I have, I think, four dinosaur games. And like you mentioned, they're all based around having a theme park for dinosaurs yes. versus like a lot more of the history of the dinosaurs. So that sounds kind of cool to me that having a, like you said, like a different looking at them a little differently. So in a way, you... in a way, yeah. it's more a nature theme than dinosaurs is because mm -hmm. it covers all the different groups of animals. And um, right. yeah, one one of the things. Sorry if I go a bit off. That uh, no, one of the going. things that I, yes that I find in tableau building games that uh, they they usually are criticized for not being very thematic, which to a degree it may be fair. Like in Wingspan, for example, it sometimes gets it's criticized for not making a lot of thematic sense. Like uh, you know what what is the player exactly doing? Or, you know what is that represents? But I do find that it has a lot of thematic flavor. I don't think it would be as successful as it is if it wasn't, uh, particularly with people that like birds and that sort of uh, thing mm -hmm. that really like the game. So obviously there is a lot of flavor of, of birds in that case. Um, but I did want to, to put a bit of uh, or the overarching mechanics of the game where, because, uh, and I might go into the, the play, the how the game plays a little bit. Yes, that's okay please with you. do. Yes. So, Basically, there is three different decks of cards that represent the different levels of the food chain. Uh, so you have land cards uh, that play at the bottom, and then you have herbivore cards, which is a bit of a generic term because there is also animals that eat fish and, or insects and that other things. Um, and then you have the carnivores at the top. So it, there is an interplay between cards where cards at the bottom sustain the, the cards at the top, but also goes the other way around. For example, if you have too many herbivores, but you don't have uh, carnivores, uh, then the herbivores will start to, to you know, eat up too much uh, of the resources in the lands, and they will start to ruin them, which is something that happens in reality in ecosystems. Uh, comes to mind what happened in, in the Yellowstone National Park there in the US, where the, the wolves went extinct, and then the herbivores started to to eat a lot of the plants and, and uh, that affected the, the ecosystem of Yellowstone, which is why they, they reintroduced them and it seems to have come back to what it was before. So mm -hmm. there is a little bit of, of those um, interactions between the different rows of cars that uh, goes up 
the food chain, but also down the food chain. And then the cards themselves uh, can be played to, to uh, so the land cards generate the resources for, for the herbivores, and the herbivores generate the resources for the land, uh, for the carnivore cards to be played. They can also be used for different abilities, and um, there is also interplay between the cards. But to, to be fair, those abilities aren't particularly uh, thematic, you know, it's draw a card or, or do other things. Uh, and, and a different uh, feature that the game has is uh, extinction, because obviously this is a game that covers a very long time span, so ecosystems aren't uh, particularly static. It tends to change over time. And in this game, you, you will make cars go extinct, and those cars will score at the end of the game, but they will get out of your uh, tableau. So that means mm -hmm. that instead of having a tableau that is uh, permanent throughout the game, uh, cars will go in and out uh, all the time. And, and due to extinction events, and, uh, and you even want, may want to make some of your cars go extinct so you can play more to score more, more points at the end of the game, because there is also objective cars that uh, gives you points for playing specific types of cards or that they have specific attributes and so on. Yeah. Sorry if, I, if I'm going to uh, speaking too much, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's, it's, so I think what really comes across is how passionate you are about what you've built and what you're working on. Um, I will tell you, I was checking out some of the things like that I could find on your, on your upcoming game. And I was checking out, um, you have a page on uh, BoardGameGeek um, yes. And I will tell, I mean, and, and I know we're an audio podcast, but one of the things I thought was really cool is um, you, you mentioned the there's a U Ukrainian paleo artist named uh, Sergei, uh, I'm going to switch this, yes. Kraskowski. The, the sample art that you have in here is gorgeous. I mean, I, yes. I'm just like staring at the cards going, oh, my God, these are amazing. Um what are the things that really get you excited? I mean, I think you've, I've heard a lot of your passion, but what are the things that really get you excited about this, this game? You know, what, what really like, you're like, this is the coolest thing. And I, you know, I, I want everybody else to kind of know about it. Yeah. So it's, it's great that you mentioned the art, uh, because to me, when I put together the game and the prototype, obviously I was just stealing images from Google Earth. I mean, sorry, Google images and, you know, in black and white and, and that sort of thing. But, um, just to see the, the art that we have uh, now is just amazing. So when when we when I approached the publisher, they they really wanted to to find somebody that um, that could do a nice art for the game. They thought it was very important, which obviously I agreed. So they started looking at different paleo artists uh, that you know they have experience with uh, with growing dinosaurs and other animals, and and yeah, they come they came across this. Uh, this paleo artist from Ukraine, that uh, he's he's won some some prizes for for his work, and and also he has a very um, uh, a wide um, like this. He, he he has drawn a lot of different animals, not just dinosaurs. That's what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. So he, he has done amphibians and, and mammals and and so on. So that was perfect for for this game because it, it includes all those different uh, animals, and. Yeah, he, he's just creating these pieces of art that are just amazing. And initially, uh, my idea was, you know, that that we could create uh, cars that had only the uh, art of the dinosaur, uh, because 
you know, creating the full art for the card is, is obviously, I thought it would be more expensive. But I always ask, you know, can we include a bit of vegetation or something to, to give a sense of a scale, which I think is important in, in this game because there is animals that are tiny to huge ones. Uh, and, and then they started creating the cars and they have these full backgrounds and they really bring the animals to life. And, and that's just, uh, yeah, it, it's just great art. So if anybody listening to this, uh, I recommend them to go and check out in Borgo and Gico or anywhere else the, the sample art that we have uh, that to get an idea of uh, how great it is. Um, and sorry, yeah. there was a second part to your question. And it was just really what are the other things that make you excited about lands of the Mesozoic? Yeah, so yeah, uh, it's just the, the overall gameplay. Um, also, I think some of the cars, they have, I have really tried to make cars that are unique instead of having this, you know, there are some run-of-the-mill abilities that are similar from different cars, but th there are specific cars that are unique in themselves. For example, the, the, the T-Rex, when I designed the T-Rex, uh, that's probably the, the car that I most changed to, to get it right. Um, it has a, a ridiculous cost compared to all other cars. It's just... When you put it in play, you exhaust everything and you play a lot of cars and and that but when you pull it off, it feels really good if that makes sense yeah uh, and and there is a lot of other cars like that that have abilities that are unique uh compared to to others, so there are abilities that are just to keep the the game running, but then there are specific animals that you can combine with others uh and create those combos that that uh, always feel good and and also the the objectives. Something that I, I really wanted to, to do was to, to give uh, obje uh, the, the objective cards, the goal cards, as a weight that it will force players to have to go in certain ways. So it gives direction, but also uh, it, it, it also makes you feel different every time you play. Because if you're trying to play large herbivores or, or small carnivores or, or a lot of land cards, the, the game experience will be different. And by, by having these extra victory points you get uh, for playing certain types of cards, uh, that that um, forces you to a degree to, to play in different ways every time you play. And, and that makes it feel different every time. So, uh, which is something I was really going for, uh, inspired by Winspan and other games like that, that, that have all those different abilities and things and every time you play is, is a bit different. Mm -hmm. It's great to have some components that aid in the replayability of these games you know that's you can really like a game and then you keep mixing it up then you know so and so is not always going to win because they've got the you know the magic formula so that's really cool yeah, um, so the, yeah. the goal yeah. card really makes you make some cards better every time you play so that will make you feel different every time yeah that's neat and so you've got this game designed and now you're getting ready to take it to Kickstarter. What can you tell us about this upcoming Kickstarter campaign? So the Kickstarter will come sometime in July. Okay. Uh, so this is still a, a few weeks to go. Uh, but at the, at the moment, we are just putting together all the art and, and all the components and that sort of thing. So the game is, is going to be mostly ready by the time we launch it. Launch it. Uh, and, and from what I have discussed with the publishers, it seems that they will open the the Kickstarter project earlier, or by, uh, people following the project so they can have a look at it before it goes live. And 
also any any feedback that anybody may have that that's uh, very much appreciated and we we still are working on what uh, stretch goals will have and you know the components and all that sort of thing so i don't have a lot of details of that but uh, i can tell you that yeah it will be made available earlier than before it launches so people can have a look and 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 say any anything that they like or they don't like or they'd like to see mm -hmm. and so on nice cool. yeah and are you going to be shipping worldwide or uh, you're yes, uh, in different languages uh, so far i know we have a deal for uh, australia asia and uh, europe and, and america and so it will be you know friendly to all those uh, locations Great. I, language wise at this point in time i don't think they are planning to do other than english but okay. uh, I, I suppose those things change sometimes as campaigns go go on but uh, i i cannot guarantee that it will be in sure. any other language at this point yeah. that's fine i mean english is the game we normally play games in at wisco dice so <laughs> yes. it works for us <laughs> we we always appreciate it so um so so you talked a bit about the pandemic and what other things made you want to get into the to being a, a game designer? Well, as I as I mentioned earlier, I have been playing games my whole life, so I I don't know if there is anything in particular. It's just that uh, this is something I already mentioned. But I, I'm always thinking of projects and things to do, and I don't know. It's one of those things that it just comes to you one day, and you say, I'll, "I should try to do this." I just have this neat idea. They'd like it was more like I'd like to buy this game, but nobody has made it, so maybe I should make it. But it it came down to that a little bit, and I think that the fact that we were uh, yeah trapped at home all day and we didn't have much to do either, sort of. Hey, well, we started. Yeah, I I can think of worse uh, midlife crises to go through. So yes, yeah. so. If someone is trapped at home all day and wants to play games, is this a game that's going to have a solo mode that they could play by themselves? Yes, you can play it solo. So awesome. this is something also during the design. I, I, I played with the different types of abilities and, and uh, interaction between players and things like that. I found that there is enough going on already that when you start adding other players into your mix, into your own puzzle, uh, it, it makes it a bit confusing to a degree because then you have to be looking at them and at yourself. And, uh, and not only that, but also some abilities that I was testing, like you know, lose a car or make somebody, you know, attack type cards, um, take that mechanics. That mm -hmm. really, it it felt really bad. <laughs> it really didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So just going with this sort of, uh, I mean, and this this is true for most tableau builders, uh, building games, um, like Wingspan and Race for the Galaxy, and this new Earth seems to be similar, where there is not a lot of interaction between players. So, and so yeah, and and that sort of feel is what I was going for. So it has a low interaction. There are some goals that are races. So first one to achieve so-and-so will get extra points, so you can also get cards from other players when they discard them. But uh, other than that, there is not a lot of interaction. It's, it's one of those multiplayer solitaire type games that for some people, uh, they don't like it, but other people do do like it. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Ark Nova, for example, uh, 
for a recent example too, where for the most part it's a, it's a multiplier solitaire, but then they added a few cards there that are a bit of a take that mechanics. And from what I have read online, most people dislike those cards and they tend to use the, the solo oh. mode. Uh, those effect, are so. my favorite cards. Like, so if I can have a card that's going to go and destroy Ben's tableau, that's what I want. But, <laughs> but this is a matter I, of place. Like so, some people are like you, and some people prefer to be left alone to a degree. And uh, yeah, the, the, games, the games I play with my wife are, are more in that category. But, uh, but yeah, yeah so this is a very much a matter of taste. Mm-hmm. But uh, sorry, and, and in re- regards to the solo mode, uh, so yeah, you can play it solo because uh, because I designed it in this way. Um, it, it is re- it plays relatively well solo. It's, it's a relatively similar experience. There is no that interaction, and you cannot get cards from other players that they discard. And uh, the race goals, you still can can get a point for for them, but it's not quite the same. Uh, I, I started designing a bot of sorts, but I I ended up just leaving it uh, more simple, where you can play just trying to achieve certain uh, milestones uh, as a as a challenge, and so it plays for the most part similarly mm-hmm. for the That's multiplayer cool. experience. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have solo games that you don't have to have like an AI player that you're also doing. So yeah, That's I cool. find them look and some work really well. To be fair. But, yes, um, some do. You know, the, but you have to make these extra steps between your turns, and you know, I, it, I it tend is to lose worth, my spot. <laughs> in in some cases, it is worth doing it, but if you can avoid it, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Oh. So, are there any other games that you're working on after this one? You're, I mean, you sound like a very creative guy, and that you're, you know, this is kind of this is kind of your you know, dive in with both feet, but are there other things like follow-ups you're thinking of or other games now that you've kind of gotten to this point that you're just like, I've got to keep going now? Yeah, look, I, I certainly have some ideas in mind. Um, I suppose I'm just waiting for to see how this game does and because uh, it, you know, it's hard to find a publisher to, to get your game published. So... Yeah, if this does well, I certainly have a few ideas in mind that uh, I, I'd like to develop in, in the future. But uh, I'm just putting all my energy at the moment in in this game to get it uh, as perfect as possible. And then if, if it goes well in Kickstarter, I, I probably will start putting some of these ideas that I have in mind together. And it all starts sketching ideas and getting a few uh, bits and pieces together and trying mechanisms uh so yeah i look forward to do some more because i actually had a lot of fun just creating this game for sure yeah that's awesome so is there anything else that you want to make sure our listeners know about you or this game or anything related to gaming well just if if anybody is uh, interested in the game what, what what we have said here sounds interesting to them uh, just check out the this uh, um, starter page already that can notify you when it launches. So uh, I think you'll have the link to that. Uh, yes, those will be in our show notes. Yes. Yes. You, all all you have to do really is, is um, 
search for the name of the game, so Lands of the Mesozoic. Uh, Mesozoic is M-E-S-O-Z-O-I-C, and and um, that also will take you to takes you to the link in Borgen Geek. So you can check out the the art that we have out already, and uh, and anybody that feels excited about it or would like to know more, just make a post and and, and be very happy to interact with anybody that has any questions or uh, any anything to to say about the game. Wonderful, awesome! Like I am very stoked to uh, check out this game when it comes to Kickstarter add it to our dinosaur game collection that we have growing because Ben does love his dinosaur games and I enjoy playing games that make my husband happy. So I, I, say, uh, I haven't said a whole lot during this interview, but uh, uh, that's because I was busy skimming. I've been busy skimming the actual draft rule book and I am, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is definitely a game that I want to add to the collection. Absolutely. Dinosaurs. It's got a, I love the way that he, that it's playing off of actually the era and age of dinosaurs rather than trying to be a dinosaur theme park. I think that really makes it unique in this genre of dinosaur games. I'm, I'm super stoked. I want a copy of it. I'm very surprised nobody has done something similar, considering that dinosaurs are a very uh, popular thing. Um, yeah, there's only this making shoes and, and also, as I said, eating uh, people like people being chased by dinosaurs this is a much more pg much more family-friendly version no people (laughs) being killed and and to be clear i'm not criticizing that and you know that's perfectly fine but i'm just surprised nobody has tried to to have this approach to to the theme yes no this looks great so thank you so much ander for taking the time to talk with us today thank you so much for having me and yeah Hopefully, if I get any other games done in the future, I, I can come back and discuss them with you again. Yes, love to have you on. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show wherever your favorite place is to find podcasts. Oh, and by the way, give us a like on our Facebook page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest while you're at it. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on the blog at whiskodice.com. Hey, Brian, what's that site? Oh, darn it. I forget. Uh, Justin, what's our website again? Whiskodice.com. That's right. It's whiskodice.com. And until next time, everyone, peace out. <laughs>